I started doing yoga to help with my flexibility. But the more I learned, the more I realized how much more the study of yoga has to offer. Yoga has improved my physical and mental health and outlook on life. I feel that yoga can be beneficial for everyone. My mission is to share what I've learned about yoga with all the non-yogis, Joe Sixpacks, and everyday people in a down-to-earth fashion. My name is Luis, and this is the Ordinary Yogi Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Deployed Yogi Podcast. End of January, last podcast in January. I really trip out on how quickly time is trying to go. Uh, the other day I heard that it's very slow days, very fast weeks, and I completely agree because I trip out that January just fucking came and went, and I'm very happy about that because come February, that means I'm halfway done with this shit, and I can go back home and see my family, which I'm super, super excited about. So this week, again, lots of random thoughts that come into my, my dome, of one of which I was talking to our captain here. He's kind of like our our lead as far as our section. Um, we were talking about dads and the lessons that dads give us. And of course, you know, I, I feel like I'm just that token guy now that's like, well, you know, ever since I became a dad and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that's my role and I'm very super excited and happy to be a dad and I fucking love to share that with everybody if you haven't realized by now but I I was thinking about you know dad lessons and the lessons of dad that dads give us versus the lessons that moms give us and you know not one's better than the other each plays their role but the more I thought about it um, I thought that dads give us lessons that we don't really understand until much later in life Uh, they you know they I feel like we try to prepare our sons or feel like dads try to prepare their sons and daughters and kids for the world that is outside right to the future so the lessons that they give us maybe seem kind of harsh and i really identify with the conversation i was having with captain um because we're like man we're we both like we're always like man why the fuck is our dad so hard on us why is he kind of a dick you know again thinking you know when you're a teenager you're super angsty you wanted to do out and venture out and be your own person um and your dad is, at least my parents or my dad was kind of really not about that. Um, but realizing now on the opposite end or now it's just being an adult, I kind of realized that all the pieces kind of fit together. Like, oh, that's why you were kind of hard on me. I get it now. And the captain was agreeing like a lot of the stuff that his dad was trying to teach him didn't click until later in life when he went out on his own and tried to, you know, be an adult essentially. And now that that he's realized that he and his dad have this great relationship where now he talks to his dad more than he talked to his mom. And I kind of just identify with that and just realize, you know, that's kind of my role. I think as a dad is just to, I mean, as parents in general, but more as a dad, I feel dads test their kids a little bit more. Um, they try to push their limits just a little bit. They're okay with a little bit of danger. You know, they understand that that's fucking life and you got to kind of toughen this kid up, so to speak. And, you know, moms, again, this is generally just me spitballing. I feel mom's loves and mom's lessons are more in the now. And they nurture the kid and show them about love and compassion and everything else. They make, they make them feel good in the moment, which is also very, very necessary, you know, to make that feel kid feel loved and give them the attention and everything. And the lessons that 
you know, moms give of kids are just, again, more present. Um, not that they don't serve in, later in life, but they're more focused on that, I feel. Again, this is just me as a fucking non-expert in anything, just thinking and, you know, concentrating and kind of meditating on that a little bit. But for, for you dads, I would be curious to see if you feel the same way. So if any dads are listening, please send me a message. Let me know what you think about that. And if you agree, or if you disagree, just let me know how are you preparing your kids or what kind of lessons are you trying to teach them now that they're probably not getting or grasping right now. And how do you go about that? Because I am fucking lost when it comes to that sort of stuff. You know, I can't articulate to Sonny like, listen, man, I'm trying to teach you about discipline and orderly. And this is why making your bed is super important. You know, he's not going to fucking realize that until he's much, much later, much later in life and he's older. And I guess thinking about it now, saying out loud, there's going to be a point in time where uh, I think all kids just go out and venture and they have to find and be their own person. And is that means disconnecting from, from us for a little bit, at, least at some level. And that kind of, you know, super breaks my heart. But just realizing that's, that's a part of it. I did it. And I'm sure Sonny's going to do it at some point. And it makes me think back to, I forgot which podcast I did uh, a couple of weeks ago where, you know, talking about principles and methods where as long as the principles are there the methods of which I try to teach him um, can vary and I don't have to accept that that he's not going to love the same things I'm going to love and not learn the same way I got to learn I got to figure out how I can get these principles across via a method that he's going to understand and hopefully take in and absorb Um, but that's you know got me thinking about parenthood and how we as a dad or as a parent we try to we're, we're fearful for our kids always. I had a conversation with my wife about this earlier today. And we, I, I mean, I worry about studying all the time. And it's like these outlandish fucking things like, oh my God, what if this happens? It's like a really kind of one in a thousand type thing or even less so. But it's just like we always worry about our kids. And when it comes to our kids' goals, they're not going to align with what we think we should, they should be doing. And when we use the word should, I heard this the other day we're really saying is this is what i i want you to do not not like not what you want to do when we use the word should like you should be doing this and that's kind of saying this is what i want you to do and um their goals and ambitions are going to be completely different because they're their own fucking people and we have to be cool with with that and i was having a conversation with uh a female that i work with and she's super young she's uh 23 and she has these goals and ambitions and her her parents not that they don't encourage it, but they're very fearful of her going out and doing these things. That's how I look at it anyway, as a, as a parent is like, you know, what if this happens? What if this happens? You need to prepare for this. And she, luckily she's not listening and, you know, not listening to the stories that are being put on her. And I, I kind of told her of this thing where, uh, this is a story. I think it's Plato, whatever, showing off my, my brain a little bit and tearing these fables. And, you know, if you imagine you and another person, all you know in this life is you're born in a cave and you there's a light behind you and all you see on the wall are all these shadows. And that's all you've known for your entire life. And that's what you're going to think the world is, right? Because you've just been subjected to just this view of it. Now imagine you break free of this cave and you go out into the world and you fucking see colors and trees and flowers and it fucking blows your mind wide open. And you try to go back to that cave or you go back to that cave and you try to explain what you saw to this person that's still in there. He or she will not 
even believe or comprehend or try to picture because like, no, that's not what the world is. The world is this. It's these shadows on the wall. And that's how I explained to her, you know, your parents only have this experience that they had. You know, if they grew up in the same town and had the same life and grew up on the same block, not that there's anything wrong with that their understanding of a much bigger world is it's it's really hard to explain to them because they've never seen it or, ex- or experienced it. So that kind of got me thinking about, you know, when you're trying to venture out and do things that are out of the norm or whatever, and the person you care about and want you want to support doesn't do so, a lot of times might be out of fear that they're projecting onto you because they're like, I don't know what this is and I it's not familiar to me, so I'm just going to say like, watch out and be careful and try to stop you from going and try to put these stories in your head that and it's a generational thing that gets passed down, passed down. And luckily she, you know, she's, she's not doing that. She's venturing out and going forward anyway and not being afraid of failing, which I'm, I'm super happy for her and that she has that mindset. And of course that got me thinking of, you know, the stories that are put on us and the stories we tell ourselves when we're trying to achieve anything, you know, I, you know, I've, this has never worked before. Why is it going to work now? Or I'm not good enough for this. I don't deserve this or, you know, whatever it is, there's always some kind of story behind why we're being stopped. And, you know, again, stories is something fucking made up, right? Something that someone told you, or it's something that was put in you, a belief that was put in you that now you make a story because of this belief that was put in you. And, if we just stop and think for a second and we just change our verbiage a little bit, um, we can really change a lot of our mindset, right? Uh, it just goes back to the power of our words. If you read uh, the four agreements, the first one is being impeccable with your words, just being very cautious and aware of how po- powerful your verbiage is and how it affects you, how you see yourself. It affects other people when you use it with other people, how you talk to them, how you treat them. It's a, it's a very um, good thing to have awareness of. So just being cautious with your words. And one example I heard on, I know I listen to a lot of fitness podcasts, so a language that really clicked with me is like a person saying, I am fat. So you identify, a piece of your identity is this. So if I am fat, that means I do the same, I do the things that an overweight person is going to do always and forever. You know, you know, be really lethargic, not move around a lot, eat foods that aren't, are super processed, not completely healthy for me. Versus if you say, I have fat, then it's a little bit different feeling. It's like, oh, it's just a thing I have, or I am, I'm anxious, or I have some anxiety. You know, this, it's a different thing. It's a different word, and it makes you frame it a little bit differently. And there's some really cool things you can do with the language that way. I'm not super versed in it, just kind of dipping my toe in it, just realizing the importance of it all. Uh, so that's some random shit that went into my head uh, this week. Another thing this week, I started revisiting the Bhagavad Gita, or the Gita as it's known, and listening to it again and going through it again, you know, you, you take lessons away that maybe you weren't ready to when you reread a book. I found this very true with uh, The Alchemist. I read that, man, like 10 years ago, and I, I liked it. I really identified and liked the messages of it. And then I read it again uh, shortly after Sonny was born, and I felt like I read a completely different book because the lessons I took from that were just way, way different. So going through the Gita again, I, I took some lessons and I'm only maybe a few chapters in, but a few things that I thought were kind of that I'd like to share with some of you all. And the big thing is, you know, working on empathy 
and seeing ourselves in everyone else. And that's kind of one of the big things, uh, one of the main lessons of the Gita. And when we see, what I mean by that is realizing that this physical body, this meat suit that we have is just a temporary, it's just a vehicle and our spirit or soul, whatever, eventually it's just going to discard it and we're going to move on to something else, whatever that is you believe in. Uh, in, the, in the Gita, it just means you're going to be reborn into another body and you're not going to remember the, the previous life, but that's how you know every rebirth is after a death and, and vice versa. So when we realize that this Atman, as it's referred to, the spirit is in all of us, we can then start to maybe see that we're all the same, that we're all from the same shit. And I feel like this really helps us empathize with people that we fucking cannot stand. And when I really identify with that, uh, I, I don't really do too much anymore, but when I was a younger a younger dude, I, I would really attach myself to like, man, fuck that guy. And every time I would see this person, I would just like seethe and be full of uh, <laughs> a, a lot of anger. But as I grew older and I, I kind of, I try to go through this thought process first. It's just seeing myself in this person or just realizing that we're the same, man. We're the fucking same. We just had different things put on us. I know ego and stories put into our heads and beliefs, but at the, the very core of absolutely everything, we're this beautiful spirit that still lies within us. And I feel like that really, again, it's just a good lesson to, to take with you when you're dealing with a difficult person or just seeing people in a different light. It definitely helps a lot. Um, the other thing I, I saw that was, I really liked the the visualization that it put in my head is seeing the mind as a flame. And this, is, this was talking about the practice of meditation and how it helps us still the mind. So if you picture a flame, you know, the, the mind's natural state is like a flame in the wind, right? It's pushed and pulled in so many different directions. It flickers, doesn't go completely out, but it moves around all crazy, right? And when we practice this meditation, it makes our mind just a little bit still. So that flame is just still and beautiful and tall and bright. And I really fucking, it's just like, I really love that description of it. And, you know, it made me think of like, how do we typically spend our day? Are we pushed and pulled in all these different directions, you know, by external factors? You know, the wind can be things, something that happened in your job, someone's thing, uh, some way someone's talking to you, whatever. And if you live like that, being all fucking all over the place and all these ranges of emotions for these external factors, right? Maybe it'd be good to practice a little bit of stillness. And that could be through a form of meditation. Again, I push that a lot because that's, this is the Ordinary Yogi Podcast. Um, also, journaling can probably help a lot by getting all that mess that's moving that flame around out onto a piece of paper and giving a different perspective on it. So I really like that. Uh, the other thing I saw is, you know, when you're practicing this meditation or whatever spiritual practice that you're doing, if you, if you have one, realizing that even if you don't attain this fucking samadhi or, you know, a uh, great spiritual epiphany, it doesn't matter because in, one of the things it says is like in the pursuit of spiritual knowledge, all is gained and nothing is lost. So even if you're just trying there is so many there are so many benefits to it from that journey and that action so this applies to any sort of thing i feel that you're trying to accomplish or do is fucking just trying and i i think i've said this about every fucking podcast i've done since i've been out here is just and doing it 
and you know doing that spiritual knowledge and through action both of them in the Gita again it says like those are kind of the same thing and I, to me it, re- it kind of clicked as um, you know doing something is the same thing as taking a knowledge because as you're doing you learn so much about yourself about this thing that you're trying to accomplish about life and lessons and all this sort of stuff that it's it's so much better than just sitting there and just taking in information all the time all the time all the time which is beneficial at some point but yeah at at a certain point you got to put the fucking pedal to the metal and see what this is actually doing for you and putting it out there into the world the one example or metaphor whatever i use on the very i think the very first podcast of this of this thing i'm doing is the example of cookies right if i have the world's best cookie recipe in my head that knowledge right it does absolutely fucking nothing until i put that knowledge into action and put it out there without any sort of expectation where i just make these cookies and then while i'm making that cookies i learn more it's like oh shit you know i should i baked it for 20 minutes i probably need to bake them for 17 next time because they're a little too well done or whatever you know maybe i need to put more chocolate chips into it and then you again that action and knowledge kind of marries together into this beautiful experience where we're so much better off than if you just just again ingested information over and over and over and over again without doing anything about it so what i'm telling y'all is just make the fucking cookies man just do it and learn from it and it's gonna be you're gonna be so much better off if you just thought about making cookies this whole time and that's kind of those are the the weird kind of things I think about did week to week as far as actual things that happened outside of my head is uh I held another meditation class and you know I I think last week I mentioned I just need to adjust fire advertise it more just keep showing up without any expectation and this week I had like eight people show up to this thing and it was uh first my feelings were surprising i was walking to the room where i did it and this a couple um, young ladies were are you doing the meditation I was like yeah cool i got two people and as i was setting up the room two more people showed up i was like oh shit all right cool and we sat down i kind of started explaining what what my meditation looks like and how i use it and uh then four more people showed up so i was like super happy and it felt really really nice and to be honest i was super nervous um Again, it's because I didn't want to look like a fool. You know, my ego is getting in the way, but um, I, everyone had a good practice. It was a very simple, you know, short 10 to 15 minute thing. And I'm going to keep putting these things on and hopefully give them something that they can use to better their day. You know, if it's just like, you know, sitting and breathing for a little bit, hopefully they got something from that. And I don't know, it just felt really nice. I haven't really no other words to explain it. It's just, it felt good. And it feels like I'm on this path and I need to, to seek it out and see it, see the end of it, whatever may come. And that's something I was also thinking about now I say it out loud is, you know, rare, well, a habit of mine that I've noticed is that I only go maybe, you know, 80, 70, 80% into some, most things. And I don't see things out to through the end. I reach a level of uh, competency and it's like, all right, I'm cool here. And I don't go any deeper and I try not to, and I don't go it. And I, I've, you know, I kind of question is it might be fear of failure. It may just be fear of like, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was and just not testing myself. But that's something I really want to work on this year. And just seeing things out no matter, without any expectation is just seeing where it takes me and following this and following that intuition. 
So that's what I'm doing with this meditation. And, you know, I'm taking a, a meditation teacher workshop in a couple of weeks. I'm super excited to, to be a part of and just seeing how fucking deep this rabbit hole goes, everybody. And uh, the last thing I'll leave you with this week is, you know, here we don't get the, we don't really get to pick your food. It's like a pretty set schedule, pretty set menu, or we have basically the same thing most days, you know, they, they vary from day to day, but it's some sort of chicken, some things like whatever. Uh, I've right this point, I'm kind of tired of chicken, but uh, it's going to trudge along, man. One of my superpowers is uh, I can eat the same thing every single day and be okay with it. And let me tell you, being out here is definitely testing that superpower of mine. But one thing I, I realized is, man, I really, really like meatloaf. Uh, I don't make it often at home, but when it's here in the menu, I am fucking all over it. I don't know what it is. It's just delicious. It's a, it's a meat loaf. How fucking doesn't get any better than that. But anyway, that's like the super random thing that came to my head today or this week. Anywho, I appreciate you all listening. Hopefully these ramblings are, are serving you at some point. If just making you say, ah, Luis is a silly bitch. If anything, right? Um, if you have any questions, concerns, please reach out. And if you're enjoying what you're listening to, please share it with your friends. Leave a rating, review, uh, send me a message, whatever, man. Um, that's it. Another week done. I really appreciate you guys following along. And I will talk to you all next week. <laughs>